Welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. What is up? I hope that you are having a fantastic Tuesday, and I am just so jazzed that you're here for part two of this mini-series about building a foundation for success. So my dad, whose 61st birthday was last week, was my inspiration for this two-part series because he and my mom raised my brothers and I on these awesome five foundational principles to help, specifically back then, motivate us to reach our potential as competitive swimmers. But obviously, as I grew up and as I think my parents envisioned the entire time, I realized that these principles, which are show up, do the work, do your best, have a good attitude, and have fun, are actually applicable to nearly every single goal and dream I've ever had in my life. And they are seriously so powerful (laughs) and have evolved for me over the years. And they've sort of grown into this guide to help me realize when things are or are not in alignment with what I'm doing. So like I mentioned last week, knowing these five foundational principles for success has helped me to do a couple of things. So number one, it's helped me to realize when I need to stop and take a break or pause because something is out of alignment in my life. Number two, it's helped me to reflect and dig super deep into why I'm feeling what I'm feeling because it's so important to trace those feelings and to figure out, you know, why we're feeling what we're feeling and to understand it and why something is misaligned. And then number three, finally, to just adjust course and to really adjust my actions so that I can live that life I want to be just excited about and to chase goals and to chase dreams that are aligned with the vision and the purpose that I have set out for my life. So for example, like I talked about last week, if I don't want to show up or if I'm feeling the urge to cut corners when I'm writing, that means that something is off. It's not a coincidence and it's not something to be ignored or squished down. Like the the resistance I feel towards showing up or wanting to cut corners, it's begging me to tap into it and to figure it out. And since these principles have been so helpful for me and I wanted a way to celebrate my amazing dad, I just couldn't not share these five principles with you too because I know that there's so much value there no matter what your goal or your dream is. So real quick, before we dive into part two, I just wanted to quickly note that last week in part one, I talked about the first two principles, which are show up and do the work. So if you missed that episode, make sure that you go back and you check it out because I think those two principles are truly extra foundational to our foundation of success, if that makes any sense, because you can't get where you want to go if you don't show up and do something when you do show up, right? So that said, let's dive into part two. Number three of the five principles is do your best. And I love this topic. If you've been around here for a hot second, you know that like how I feel about this topic. So if you're interested, check out episode four if you haven't already called Let's Redefine Doing Our Best and Avoid Burnout because I go into all of the things in that episode. But basically, 
doing your best is absolutely crucial when pursuing a goal and to be able to rewrite that narrative that tells us more is better and all out all the time is the way to live your dreams. And I say this not from a standpoint of, hey, Megan's got it all figured out. Like, no, you know that that's not what I'm about. Instead, I am navigating all of this with you. And I've learned very recently, like within the last six months, that if we, you and me, continue to adopt and practice that philosophy of all out all the time, all in, go, 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 we are going to run out of energy and it's going to hurt us. And honestly, we're going to end up burning through aspects of our being that we shouldn't burn through because there's literally nothing left in the tank. And working hard to the point of detriment has so many consequences. Consequences on our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And the people who love us, the people who love you and are rooting for you, don't want that for you. They don't want you to be a burned out former shell of yourself. And I know that we have all been there. And I would even go as far as to say that we've all felt like that's what we have to do to bring our goals and our dreams about. But instead of working, you know, our faces off and we just hustle them into oblivion, we need to remember to do the work in a way that supports us mentally, physically, and emotionally. We need to do it in a way that's best for us on an individual basis because doing your best in terms of the work you need to do to get to your goal and your dream is the key to being able to live out that dream. So for example, if you have a health goal, but you really truly cannot afford to buy organic right now, but you've made some adjustments in your life. So like you stopped eating Pop-Tarts for breakfast and guzzling so much caffeine that it could kill a moose and you've replaced those habits with like eating oatmeal or only having two cups of coffee in a day, that is freaking amazing. You should feel so proud of that because just because you can't afford to buy organic doesn't mean you're not doing the work. You're actually doing the best you can and that should be celebrated and that is enough. So my point here is that we need to figure out on an individual basis what doing our best is and what that looks like. And it doesn't freaking matter what the woman next to you is doing. And to use a phrase from my very short-lived track days back in the day, you know, the woman next to you is not your rabbit. She's not setting the pace for the race. She's not setting the standard for what's enough. You are. You're setting the standard for what's enough and what your best is. And you need to always do what's best for you. Always. And if you go back to episode four, I have so many examples and ways that I've helped myself to develop criteria for how I define doing my best that you can then use and adapt to you and your life. But the bottom line here is that if you can figure out how to define doing your best, then it's impossible for you to lose. And to just put this into perspective, I will never ever forget the first time that my dad sat me down and we really carved out and wrote a new narrative of what doing my best looked like for me. And of course, this was in reference to swimming. So I was a 500-yard freestyler, so that's the long-distance race. And if you're not familiar, it's 20 laps back and forth, long race. (laughs) And we sat down, and one of the criteria that I remember to this day was that, okay, what Megan considers to be her best is not breathing in and out of the flip turns. And there were other girls on my team and other girls on other teams that we were competing against who, you know, had a different standard for what it meant doing their best. So, for example, they would say, well, I stopped breathing two strokes before the flags into the wall and the flip turn and all of that kind of stuff. 
And I remember hearing that and knowing that and just taking it in and being like, oh, like maybe I suck. Maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe I need to adopt that philosophy too. And I think I did try it in one race and I sucked up all the water in my nose. And if you have ever swam in your life competitively or otherwise, you know that that is not pleasant. So that's why it was so important for me to sit down with my dad and define what doing my best meant. It didn't mean doing what other girls were doing because I'm not them. And the criteria of not breathing in and out of the flip turns for me at the flags was more than enough. And whenever I did a race that met that criteria, no matter what the time was up on the board at the end of the race, I knew that I had done my best because I adhered to the criteria that I set out for me. And that is just so unbelievably freeing and it feels so good. And I am just so immensely grateful to my dad and to my parents for teaching me that because it has helped me and served me out of the pool just like it served me in the pool. So that now brings me to number four of the five principles, which is have a good attitude. Now, I know what you're probably potentially thinking right now. You're picturing those nerdy, inspirational posters on your middle school teacher's wall that says, attitude is everything, right? Like, I'm sure that that popped into your head. But as nerdy and overused as it is, it's actually seriously right. Your attitude or your mindset toward anything in life can affect so many things. It affects how you show up, it affects how you do the work, and it affects whether or not you're doing your best. So just so that we're all on the same page here, attitude is defined as like in the dictionary as a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. So basically how I interpret this definition of attitude is that it's your point of view or your perspective or your way of conceptualizing something, right? And how you look at that thing, whatever it is, then determines how you label it and how you ultimately feel about it. And that is so unbelievably powerful, right? So for example, a few months ago, when I bought my very first domain for a website, when I thought I wanted to be a blogger, I bought a really complicated theme and a really complicated software that was like full transparency, way the hell over my head. Like it was way beyond the capability that I had at the time. And going into that situation, as I purchased the domain and the theme and all of the things, I distinctly remember, I it was hot, it was September of 2020, and I was sitting on my porch and I distinctly remember telling myself, a very non-serving conditional statement. Like, I am not a tech person and this is going to suck. Um, hello, (laughs) what? Seriously, what the hell is that? And I look back at that moment now today in, you know, the time I'm recording this is in May and I'm like, damn, (laughs) like instead of telling myself a crappy story like that, I think that we, you and I need to flip the script on conditional crappy statements like that to promote growth. So for example, saying I'm not a techie person right now, but I'm smart and I'm capable and I'm resourceful, so I will figure this out. Or this feels very tricky and very difficult right now, and I'm really frustrated and I'm starting to tell myself stories that don't serve me. So first, I need to remind myself I don't suck. And second, what can I do? Who can I loop in to help me? What's my next move to get more support? 
The bottom line here is that if you tell yourself it's going to suck, then it's going to suck. That's just simple math, right? And we've got, that's why we've got to flip the script on this. I'm getting fired up. Keep stumbling over my words. Your attitude can unintentionally sabotage you and the entire experience that you're going through. So we've got to make sure that when we're going into things that we've never done before to tell ourselves a better story, one that features us as the badass heroine who is you know, over her head, right? But can figure it the F out because she's capable and she's resourceful. And because you know I am all about figuring out what we're thinking and why we're thinking it, I think an attitude problem, if you will, is just another sign in our daily life in the pursuit of a goal to pause and to dig into it because we need to figure out where that stinky, crappy attitude is coming from and what we can do to fix it to live that life that excites us and fills us up. And to this day, I distinctly remember learning this lesson in real time at a track meet my junior year of high school. It was raining. It was really crappy weather outside. Like the field, the grass on the football field was sloshy and muddy and just gross outside. And I remember so many of my teammates were crabby. Everybody else around me was crabby. It was just a giant crab fest at this track meet. And I remember my dad calling me and saying he was on his way to come watch me and all this stuff. And I was like, dad, it's raining. Like, I was kind of feeling shaky and uncertain about it and all these things. And he was like, you know what? A lot of people are going to use the rain as an excuse and they're going to use it as something to justify why they run poorly today. And he's like, you're not going to do that. You are going to go out there and you're going to flip the rain into something positive. This is an opportunity to run well. Because (laughs) this is more of a swimming um, metaphor than it is a track one, but it could be applicable to track. In swimming, we say, if you have a lane, you have a chance. So while a lot of people, and a lot of people did, use the rain as an excuse as to why they didn't run very well, I did flip it. I was like, okay, I've got a lane. I've got a chance. Everybody else is crabby. I'm fired up. This is an opportunity. Let's go. I ended up running a really awesome race. And there's this picture that's hanging in my childhood bedroom to this day of me rounding the final turn or the final corner or whatever it is. And I am like winning my heat and I ended up winning my heat and it was awesome. And that picture and that moment just demonstrates the power of a great freaking attitude. But I also want to be very careful here because I don't want to say or imply that it's easy or it's simple to just, you know, flip the script on your attitude. However, at the same time, I do think that by having an attitude that serves us rather than an attitude that doesn't serve us and then going into a situation with a supportive mindset can make a hell of a lot of difference. Even if a situation is, you know, less than ideal, we have that power and potential within ourselves to flip the script and to tell ourselves a way better story to empower us to keep going. And ironically, and full transparency, as I was recording this episode, like right now in real time, a neighbor started mowing his yard across the way and it forced me to stop recording because the mic picked up on all the sound. And I even think right now he's weed whipping outside my window. So if you hear weird noises, that's what it is. But because the mic picks up all of like those lawn sounds, I immediately went to this place of being pissed off and telling myself that this sucks. Like I want to keep recording. Why is this happening? Ugh. Uh, poor me. And the irony 
(laughs) of this was not lost on me. Trust me. And at first I also went to this place of like, oh, like you're a hypocrite. But then I was like, no, that's a terrible story to tell yourself. And you're just putting yourself into a crappy corner and all of that stuff. And I was like, okay, sit with this. What does this mean? For one, it means that I'm a human being. And for two, flipping the script and really thinking about your attitude and the stories that you tell yourself is a muscle that you have to build over time. And we, you know, we live in the society where we automatically go to the negative. It's so much easier to go to the negative than it is to spin something in the positive. So I gave myself a moment to just acknowledge my humanness and that I'm not a hypocrite, but I'm a human who's growing and learning and navigating all this stuff in real time. And so I realized that, and then I sat with it some more and I dug deeper. And I also realized that if I'm going to be the woman I want to be, the woman I want to show up as in the real world, she does not tell herself crappy stories like that. Instead, she tells herself a new story and she leads by example to support her energy, to support the women who listen to her and all of that. So she tells herself other stories, an alternative narrative that says, okay, yes, it stinks that the guy is lawn mowing and doing his thing, but you know what? This is also an opportunity to slow down, to take a break and get some fresh air. The attitude that says I'm a victim in this situation is crap. It is a huge steaming mound of crap because that negative energy is going to then affect the quality of this recording and probably the rest of my day. So why do that to myself? Why put myself into that situation? Why be pissed off? Use it instead as an opportunity to take a break because guess what? what? The power of suggestion is incredibly powerful. So if we tell ourselves that this is an opportunity or that we're going to figure it out or that we're resourceful, we are going to be way more likely to succeed. Adopt a mindset, adopt an attitude that will serve you and support you, not the other way around. And that brings me to the fifth and final principle, which is have fun. And having fun is such an important, but honestly, also overlooked aspect of pursuing our goals and our dreams because sometimes we get so focused on that end goal that we show up, we do the work, we do our best, and we have this amazing attitude in the process, but we forget to have some fun. And that word fun can have so many different definitions and conceptualizations depending on who you are as a person. So if you look up that word fun, the basic definition of it is enjoyment. So in other words, we need to try and find the joy in the work so that we can enjoy the process toward getting to the goal. And this is something my dad would tell us all the time when we were kids. You got to find the joy in the work. You got to find the joy in the work because otherwise, what is the point? And I will be fully honest. I'm that person who plugs into hard work and does her best, but does forget to have fun. So here I am in real time working toward how to make that process toward the goal more fun because I don't want to get there at the end of the day and realize that I just made myself miserable for the past two years trying to write a book. And honestly, truly, I just really don't want to be that woman who chases a goal but is just so freaking miserable in the process because that's not living a life that I'm excited about. And also, writing is something that I absolutely love to do, but sometimes I can suck the fun out of it by being too serious about it. And sometimes I get too focused on the word count or how many pages I've written or whatever it is. And so breaking away from that is part of 
making it more fun. And so, you know, saying it doesn't matter how many words I've written. It doesn't matter how many pages are there. Instead, I got to focus on the little wins or what was literally fun from a writing session. And that has really been helping me, which is very exciting. I'm very pumped about that. So for example, if I write a whole big scene in a writing session and it doesn't end up working out, I tell myself it's okay that it wasn't a waste of time because I might, one, be able to use it later. But for two, what this has gifted me is more practice. I got more experience writing a scene. And I also tell myself that, man, the woman writer that I'm going to be on the other end when I have my paperback book in my hand is going to be so damn grateful for that, for the celebrating of the process rather than just the product. And also for me, and maybe for you too, letting go is a huge part of me being able to enjoy myself and to enjoy the process. Because when I let go, I can let go of what's right or wrong or whatever it is throughout that process. And I can give myself grace along the way. And it's just made it more fundamentally fun and enjoyable to write this book. And I just want to give one more example that I think all of us can connect to. So when we're on a health journey, for example, sometimes we just don't want to eat the green smoothie. We just don't. But when we show up and we do the work by making the smoothie anyway, and we do our best by eating a little bit of it and adopting a mindset and an attitude that's going to support us, the fun then comes in feeling better in your body and in your clothes. The fun comes with being able to go for a walk without pain because your inflammation is finally under control. And yeah, you might not be at the end goal yet, but that little bit of confidence and fun you experienced in pursuit of being that healthy version of you that you want to be at the end is what's going to keep you going. And this sense of having fun is just another beacon, another tool to figure out what is or is not in alignment. So if you're thinking about a goal or a dream that you have on your heart right now and you discover that the pursuit of that goal is making you flat out miserable, then maybe something's not aligned. Maybe this goal that you have isn't meant for you. And if it's not meant for you, that's not a failure, but an opportunity to find something that is aligned or to find something that does fill you up or to adjust course to make it more fun and enjoyable. Because these goals and dreams were put on our hearts for a reason and they should make us excited. So don't do something that's going to make you feel miserable, right? So that's what I've got for you today. Those are the final three of the five principles for a foundation of success that my dad taught me and my brother's all these years ago, and I've honestly used these as a guidepost for the last like 20 years to help me pursue my goals and my dreams. And what's so cool about these five principles is that they intersect and they overlap to create a foundation to get us where we want to go because you can't get where you want to go if you don't show up, if you don't put in the work, if you don't do your best, have a good attitude and have fun. And so what these principles also allow us to do, I think, is they allow us to check in with ourselves at every stage of the journey. And if we pause and we dig into, you know, why one of these things isn't working. So for example, real quick, if we're not showing up, and we dig into why, we can then get some answers to help us get back on track or to help us get one step closer to our goal or even to help us totally realign ourselves and to better navigate our entire purpose or vision for our lives. 
And I truly believe that these five principles are just yet again, another fantastic tool to help us get where we want to go in this one life that we have here. But because I also believe that advice is not prescriptive, I want you to take what you want from this. I want you to tweak it to fit your life and to continue to pursue the ever living hell out of your dreams. Because girl, you are amazing and you're brilliant and you are successful already. Don't wait to feel proud of yourself until you get to the end. Be proud now. Feel proud now and build that pride and that confidence along the way through showing up, doing the work, doing your best, having a good attitude and having fun. I am rooting for you. You are incredible and you are going to move mountains. So let's freaking go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something valuable, I would love it if you could either share it on social media and tag me or share the episode with a friend who you think would love it too. Either way, I am so honored that you're helping me spread the important message about women's self-empowerment. 